This is the Education Exchange. I am Paul Peterson, Senior Editor at Education Next. Chronic student absenteeism is one of the hot topics in American education today. The Every Student Succeeds Act of 2015, our new federal law, is asking schools to measure some other attribute of a school than student test scores. And the leading candidate of things to measure that are supposed to indicate the quality of the school is the percentage of students who are chronically absent. But how about chronic teacher absenteeism? Is that also a serious problem in our schools? Well, this past week, the Fordham Institute, an education think tank in Washington, D.C., released a study that suggests that it is. The study finds that 28% of teachers in district-operated public schools, that is 28% of teachers in district-operated public schools, miss more than 10 school days a year for sick or personal leave. By contrast, just 10% of teachers in charter schools are chronically absent. Well, I'm lucky to enough that I have with me today on the Education Exchange, David Griffith, the author of the Fordham Report on Teacher Absenteeism. David, it's great to have you on the Education Exchange. Can you summarize for our listeners some of the key findings from your study? Yeah, sure thing, Paul, and uh, thank you so much for having me, by the way. Uh, like you said, uh, the first and, and biggest finding uh, is that there is this large gap between uh, charter schools and traditional public schools when it comes to teacher chronic absenteeism. Teachers in traditional public schools are almost three times as likely to be chronically absent as teachers in charter schools. Beyond that, uh, the report also looks at the links between state and local policy and teacher chronic absenteeism in both sectors. And the top line finding there is essentially that in states where traditional school districts are required to collectively bargain, but charter schools are not, we see the biggest gap between the two sectors. Conversely, in states where charters are essentially creatures of the district, where they are bound to district collective bargaining agreements, we see very similar rates of teacher chronic absenteeism in the two sectors. Finally, the third finding in the report uh, is that teachers in unionized charter schools are about twice as likely to be chronically absent as teachers in non-unionized charter schools. So when you look across all three of those findings and at the report in general, uh, there's a pretty clear pattern. Uh, to be clear, the report is descriptive. Uh, nevertheless, it's suggestive, and what it suggests is that there's uh, a fairly strong connection between collective bargaining and uh, state policy that relates to collective bargaining and teacher chronic absenteeism. So David, uh, how can we be sure that your data are accurate here? Uh, you know, lots of studies come out and make claims and uh, then, you know, you find that the data that people are working with is problematic. Are, are you confident that you've really got good quality data here on teacher absenteeism? Yeah, I am fairly confident. Uh, the data come from the Office for Civil Rights at the Department of Education. They are publicly available data, so anyone can go and download them and see them for themselves. Uh, they're generally reported by districts 
Um, and uh, they've been reported for a number of years, and researchers have been using them for a number of years. So my sense, although I can't prove this, is that every year the data get a little bit more reliable because uh, schools and districts understand uh, that they're going to be held accountable for it or that they could potentially be held accountable for it, and it could wind up in a study like this one. Well, there was one hint in your study that uh, this problem is is uh, lessening. Uh, I think a few years back, uh, the level of teacher absenteeism was actually higher. Did I misread that, or or, or did you find that? No, that that's correct. Uh, this study doesn't show that, but nevertheless, there is uh, there is evidence from several different sources that suggests uh, that the problem may actually be improving, uh, but also that we still have a ways to go. Uh, so, you know, about a decade ago, when attempts were made to calculate the overall absenteeism rate as opposed to the chronic absenteeism rate, uh, they found that uh, teachers were absent on about 5% of days uh, nationally. Uh, which doesn't sound so bad, uh, but when they looked at, for example, teachers in Britain or teachers in Australia, uh, they found that only teachers were only absent about 3% of days in those places. Uh, in other words, U.S. teachers were about uh, like 80% more likely to be absent. Uh, and more recent studies have shown some decline in that number, um, and, and so there, is, there has been some improvement, but nevertheless, uh, there's still a gap between the U.S. and other countries, uh, and it's still very clear if you look at the numbers from states and districts uh, that the problem is, uh, well, that there's room for, room for improvement because the problem seems to be highly concentrated uh, in certain districts, certain states, and even within uh, districts and certain schools. So in, uh, you say certain districts. So is there any yeah. kind of district where you see the highest rates of uh, chronic absenteeism? Yeah, I think there's sort of an interesting uh, governance argument to be made here. Um, I'm sort of stringing data points together here to make a larger theory, but I think I think there's something to it. Uh, the highest teacher chronic absenteeism rate uh, in the country uh, essentially is in uh, the District of Hawaii, and and you know listeners may may know or may may not know, but Hawaii is the the nation's only single district school district. Excuse me, the only single district state. Uh, so it's a very large district, uh, and it has a 70. 9% um, teacher chronic absenteeism rate, which is pretty shocking. Uh, yeah, but also, listen now, listen, Hawaii, if yeah. I were living in Hawaii, <laughs> I wouldn't want to do anything except lie on the beach here, so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I thought at first, too, when I looked at, at the data. Uh, so there may be something to that. Um, but we also know Hawaii is a highly unionized state. Uh, you know, in the, when the Fordham uh, Institute did its union report a few years back, we rated it the most highly unionized state, the strongest the state with the strongest teachers union. Um, and, and you see a similar pattern in other places. For example, uh, Clark County, which is this massive school district uh, in Nevada, has a 55% chronic absenteeism rate. And it, Clark accounts for something like three-quarters of Nevada. Uh, and once again, you're talking about a state with uh, a reputation for a strong union culture. Uh, so I think there's something to this. Um, so are, sure are you saying that it big, yeah. big cities that have big school districts is where this thing is particularly uh, a problem? 
Yeah, it's not so much cities, but I think it is big school districts or big jurisdictions. Um, it seems, it, reading between the lines, I get the sense that uh, possibly that the unions have more uh, leverage there. You know, teachers are able to band together and they're able to extract more concessions at the bar, uh, negotiating table. Well, no, you're not saying that these teachers are illegitimately absent. <laughs> they, they are just acting within the sick leave provisions of the uh, collective bargaining contract and the personal day provisions. Is that, is that correct? I think so. We're not saying anything one way or the other. I think overwhelmingly that's the case. Uh, you know, people do sometimes, I think, take sick days that they aren't necessarily formally granted. Uh, but in most of these places, uh, yes, I think that's, that's by and large true. Uh, in Hawaii, for example, uh, teachers get 18 paid sick, uh, days of sick leave. So it's quite easy for uh, you know, teachers in Hawaii to be chronically absent. Essentially, uh, the state has codified teacher chronic absenteeism, uh, and that's um, that's pretty widespread. If you look at the, uh, the provisions in collective bargaining agreements across the country, uh, you see that on average teachers get about 12 to 13 uh, sick or personal days. Um, so yeah, they can take they can take days that they're entitled to and be uh, chronically absent. So now, how are you ever going to persuade a <laughs> union to agree to a future? collective bargaining agreement that reduces the number of sick days or personal days? Well, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to do anything like that personally, um, <laughs> but it's a good question. I mean, uh, one takeaway that people might get from the study is that, uh, you know, we should just have more charter schools because they don't seem to have this problem. Uh, beyond that, I mean, I, I guess the best way I can put it is that what I would hope looking at this study is that um, if the unions wanted to take a, a sort of more productive role in the discussion, um, I think they could potentially ask for some different things, right? So one of the one of the points I made in the column I wrote yesterday was, uh, well, what if instead of you know asking for all of these sick days and then having them roll over, uh, the unions ask for something else like maternity leave, right? So we know that teachers uh, frequently are forced to save up their sick days for maternity leave. Well, that's sort of silly. Why don't we just give teachers maternity leave uh, and maybe knock a couple of uh, uh, days off of the, the number that they're entitled to on an annual basis? So, but yeah, no, you're no, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. It's, it's going to be a challenge, as most reforms are in American education. Uh, now, but let me ask you about the charter schools. Are you suggesting it's because they don't have unions usually? Or is there something else about the charter school world that reduces the number of uh, teacher absenteeism rates? So I think it is a combination of factors. Um, and uh, I would start with the fact that, by and large, uh, charters are not subject to the teacher contracts that the unions have negotiated for. So actually some are, and this is kind of where, where I'm coming from on this point, about 7% of charter schools uh, are actually legally bound to their local collective bargaining agreement. Uh, and those charters have something like a 20% uh, teacher chronic absenteeism rate, which isn't that much lower than the rate for, uh, for traditional district schools. Then if you look at charters that uh, I'll call them independently unionized or voluntarily unionized charters, uh, in other words, places, uh, schools that have, are not subject to the contract, 
but uh, where the teachers have organized on their own. Um, nationally, the teacher chronic absenteeism rate uh, at those schools is about 16%. Um, so it's still higher than the average for charters, um, but it's not quite as high uh, as for the charters uh, that are bound to district collective bargaining agreements. Uh, so, I mean, those two numbers sort of suggest that it's a combination of factors, right? And then beyond that, obviously, um, school obviously school culture is important. Um, so, uh, you know, organizations like KIPP uh, that have strong reputations uh, show fairly uh, low rates of teacher chronic absenteeism. Nationally, uh, KIPP has a, uh, a rate of about 6%, um, which is suggests they're running a pretty tight ship. So I don't think it's any one factor, um, but I think it's it's several factors, and, and they sort of revolve around the notion of collective bargaining uh, and the, the provisions themselves and also the culture of it. So there's one last thing that I'd like to raise, because I've heard from some people that uh, the concept of chronic absenteeism in the case of students is usually refers to um, students missing 10% or more of the school year. Um, I think you're using the word chronic for teachers with, uh, you know, 10 out of 180 days, which is quite a bit less than that. So, um, so, may, so why are you using the word chronic here? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, you can pick your, uh, <laughs> pick whatever adjective, or I guess it's an adverb you prefer. Um, you're right. So the, the most standard definition, right, of, of student chronic absenteeism is something like 15 or 18 days. Um, we're using 11 days here uh, for teachers. I, I think I would start with the obvious point, which is, um, <laughs> I'm not sure that we should be holding teachers to the same attendance standards that we hold at-risk uh, teenagers to. Uh, you know, the, the, the chronic absenteeism rate for teenagers, uh, for students, is essentially based on research that shows uh, that if, you, if students are chronically absent, then they're far less likely to graduate from high school, and they're going to, you know, they're going to drop out, and they're at risk, uh, et cetera. Well, that's a, that's a pretty low bar, if you ask me, um, and I think it's reasonable to, um, to, to ask teachers to do better than that. Uh, as for the specific, you know, the specific wording, um, you know, you can use whatever you want. If you want to call it frequent absenteeism, uh, I don't particularly care. The fact that the federal government tracks this, uh, tracks these data, though, and that it uses uh, a standard of 11 or more days, um, you know, it suggests that this is an undesirable number of days for teachers to be missing, uh, and, you know, the research on student achievement supports that. Well, so what is the connection between teacher absenteeism and chronic student absenteeism? Do we know that if teachers are chronically absent, their students will be as well? Do we have any, any studies that show that? Yeah, to the best of my knowledge, uh, we don't. Um, if someone wants to correct me on that out there, uh, I'm more than happy to stand corrected. But I'm not aware of any, any study that has made that particular link. Uh, what we do know is that there's a very strong relationship between uh, teacher absenteeism and student achievement. Uh, and that's, I mean, that's a fairly obvious point, but I think it's an important one. Um, the way I like to put it is, you know, look, we have spent billions of dollars, <laughs> I mean, countless uh, man and woman hours, an incredible amount of intellectual energy uh, and research and effort uh, trying, to raise, trying to raise student achievement in America with very little to show for it. Uh, and yet here sort of hiding in plain sight 
is really a fairly obvious lever that we might pull, which is um, if we can just get teachers in class more often, uh, then students are probably going to learn more. Um, so I think you know that's that's a point that I don't think can be made often enough. Uh, is you know just because this is simple doesn't mean it's not important. In a sense, it's important because it's so simple. Well, thank you, David. This is a most interesting study that you have released. Uh, appreciate your efforts. I've been speaking with uh, David Griffith, the author of a report issued by the Fordham Institute in Washington, D.C. Uh, this is uh, the Education Exchange. Thank you, David, for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. It's really been, uh, it's been an honor. This is the Education Exchange. I'm Paul Peterson. Please join me. We release a podcast every Monday at 12 p.m.